Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I'm your DJ, Rachel Mummert, and today we are joined by Hilary Barraford. She recently had a movie come out during our quarantine called Equal Standard with Ice-T, and she is working on an upcoming project, a dark comedy, which is to come out in 2021. Welcome to our show today. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. And she is joining us for minute number 20, in which we will cover the song Peppermint Twist. And we will join Kurt as he chases the mysterious blonde and the T-bird with Wendy and Bobby. Lots of excitement and a pretty uh, upbeat song. (laughs) Well, yeah. I had that in my head for a long, long time. Oh my gosh. Well, that song is iconic. I feel like like we all have it in our heads. If you've seen any movie from like the 60s, it's just kind of like that's what they dance to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what is your experience with American Graffiti? Is it something you grew up watching? Is it a recent movie you've watched or I watched it when I was young for sure but I it's not a movie that I was I kept coming back to or anything I think I saw it once and and that was that and then I I rewatched it recently and I totally fell in love with it in a new way being older and now being a you know filmmaker um and an actress like I just I just thought it was spectacular I thought it was just so witty and and charming and sweet and all the, I loved all of the storylines and all of the characters and what a freaking brilliant brilliant piece of filmmaking. I can see I can see why it is uh, not only a classic but like an icon. <laughs> oh yeah. And like you said, you know, the older you get, the more appreciation you get for it from a different perspective. As yeah. you have gone through life and experienced a lot of these things. And I can't imagine, um, I mean, I'm you having the work with the movie and film industry and having that experience as well, that will get, that would give it a whole new perspective too, an appreciation for just the filming aspects and everything. Yeah, and it just... I mean, I noticed, you know, the music throughout and we're obviously here to talk about that song and that scene, but like Mm -hmm. just, just the rhythm of the whole movie and the way it's cut together with all the cars and the driving and the music, like it just has such a beat and such an energy to it. Like even when there's no music playing, it moves like music. It just the whole, it just has energy from start to finish. And you just don't really, I don't see too much filmmaking like that anymore in this sort of like teenage genre. Not that I watch like... (laughs) a ton of like teenage you know (laughs) comedy drama whatever but um yeah I just thought that the movement of it was so brilliant and it's just it's just wild to think like all those people went on to have the careers that they had and it's yeah to see kind of like the early work of so many heroes and so many people who then became icons themselves is is pretty spectacular and the the stories themselves flow very well back and forth there's no awkward like jumping from one storyline to another it all connects very well together yeah and was this um film people are going to absolutely murder me for not knowing this i feel like i'm going to be like excommunicated from the (laughs) community but um lucas is where where does this fall in his career i mean i know it's early i'm like i I just don't know if it's 
I don't know if it's the first thing he did or not. And again, film people are screaming at me right now. Like, how do I not know this? But so yeah, it's just, it's in, it's interesting to see the treatment of like teenagers. I mean, they're all seniors in high school, though, man, they look so much older. I guess that's what just what it looked like though in this, uh, the 60s. Because yeah. all pictures of my, mo- of my mom, like in the 50s, everyone looks old. Like her prom boyfriend looks like a grown man selling insurance. So we talked about that a little bit in our introductory episode. Just how, yeah, you know, it, even when you look back on at pictures of like your, say your grandparents or, you know, further back, it's just some, you know, the nice, the pictures, it's like, wow, for some reason they look like they, you know, compared to what my senior pictures were and what theirs were, it's like, they just look so much more mature. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, they really, they really do. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Okay. So American Graffiti was George's second film. Yeah. Second film after THX 1138. Oh, I know. Now I remember this story. I, I remember reading a story about like how he made this like esoteric, like sci-fi, like super not relatable at all. THX, blah, 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 blah. And I forget who it was, but someone basically was like, George, you have to do something relatable. Like you have to do something like commercial. And American yeah. Graffiti was his answer to that. And of course, then he yeah. ended up doing like way more sci-fi stuff with Star Wars. But this is one of yeah, one of his only like non-sci-fi ones. And it's neat that he could do that and pull so much from his own life experience and kind of like they said, you know, create something kind of not sci-fi and to have this ode to summertime and cars and <laughs> yeah it's just like a little bit of like you know it's it's like the middle of um back to the future it's just like a little oh, dollop yeah. of like candy and fun and ice cream and but uh, but underneath it all though it is very sexual and it is very sexualized yeah. and like it is that like the was it she like 14 that 14 year old who gets into like the, the older guy's car and rolls yeah. around for a while like there like there is it's definitely not like an innocent movie at all and that whole theme of like leaving for college and everything is going to be different after college reminds me a lot of um there's a john sales film that came out i think in 1983 called baby it's you okay and it's i think it's baby it's you i hope i have that right um and it's very much that same like we're graduating from college like same same timeline um it's just really interesting that it's lucas Baby, it's you. Correct. Okay. I got it right. You always second guess yourself on podcasts. Oh, like no. you, you, you know all the answers when like you're not recording. And then as soon as like your own microphone is in your face, you're like, oh, do am I completely committing <laughs> like film suicide right now? And then after you hit, after you record the next, you know, you're like, wait, I said this. Yeah. Is that the right? <laughs> Just like when I play Jeopardy at home from my couch. It's like, come on. It's so easy. Yeah, I know. And it's like, yeah. Sure, it's not really. It's also easier to parallel park without anyone in the car. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so in this section we cover, we have where Wendy and Bobby are in the car. It's kind of an interesting... I, I, I do... I feel bad for Kurt in this minute. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Because they're kind of... I mean, he he was the one that was... You know, he's kind of like, I'm not... He was not sure from the get-go of the movie. He was really aiming at not going. And they're kind of just making fun of him and his dreams in this whole section, I feel. Yeah, but that's always the character that Richard Dreyfus plays. Like, and like, what yeah. about Bob? Like, 
<laughs> he's always kind of like this smart punching bag. Yeah. And he and he just has a face for it. Although I gotta I gotta tell you, like, if you would ask me who starred in this film without like knowing who who it was, I don't know if I would have pulled Richard Dreyfus out of his face. It wasn't until oh, yeah. like I knew it was him that you're like, oh my god, there he is. Also, side note, when I rewatched the film, I so it's so funny that you assigned me this minute of all the minutes in the film. This is so random because I know Bobby. <laughs> okay. I was looking up her um, film history and there was some really interesting. I was like, I wouldn't have thought. I was like, wow, she has quite the... Uh- yeah, Bobby um, is Lynn Stewart, who is uh, a friend of mine. I I produced a sizzle reel for a pilot years back for Sandy Helberg, who's big in the comedy world, is one of the original groundlings. Um, him and his wife, Harriet, did this sizzle reel that I produced and I had all their comedy friends in it. And by the way, Sandy and Harriet's son is Mason Helberg, who's the star of um, Big Bang Theory. So big, 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 big comedy family. And so Sandy had all his friends from from the original Groundlings. And it was just like this who's who of like comedy character actors. And Lynn was one of the characters. And gosh, she was just so sweet and so awesome and so hilarious. I just Mm. adored her. And so we connected after that and I've just sort of been you know in, in touch with her on social media ever since and awesome. it, it wasn't until after we shot because if I had known this I probably would have geeked out like right then and there on the set but <laughs> she was Miss Vaughn on Pee Wee's Playhouse yeah I was like oh my gosh <laughs> and, and when, yeah when you grow up watching someone it's just wild yeah so to see her like pop up in this movie I was so I was just like oh my god it's a young Lynn Stewart <laughs> Although, quite honestly, she's still young in my mind because that woman is a badass who learned how to surf like two years ago. Really? Oh, oh my god! Man. She like she she will try anything. She is fearless. She is so cool. I just adore her. So, of all the minutes you could assign me, I was just like, I get Lynn's minute. That's so awesome. <laughs> and I like I do like her in this minute when. You know, she has some little, some sass. Oh. Like when they're talking about the blonde, she's like, I know who that is. And <laughs> when she throws that, when she throws him the bird. And when oh, she, I love that. <laughs> and, and right after this minute when she's like, oh, go like talk to that car or talk to that guy in the car next to us. Like she's, yeah. And she's chewing gum the whole time. She's got massive attitude and I just love yep. her in it. She's so over, um Kurt. Yeah. So over it. And I wondered, to me, it seemed like, when she was like, oh, I know who that is, you know, you know, the jeweler and, you know, that's his wife. And she gives a look over to Wendy and I'm like, is she putting him on or is does she really think like that's his wife or is she kind of just like, I'm just going to say something random? <laughs> I mean, actually, I, it didn't even occur to me that that could be a possibility, but maybe it actually is. Like she was just <laughs> like, she was just basically like, F you, you're not, you can't have her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not, she's too good for you. <laughs> Isn't he like, but she's so young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I also love um when her friend, is it Wendy? I can never remember names. Yeah, when, when, yeah, when, when, Wendy. When, when he's like, oh, why don't you come in the back and we'll like figure it out. And she gets out and, and Lynn gives her such a look of like, really? Yeah, she, and she even says like, come on. Or yeah. she says something. It's like, it's like the universal girl to girl. Ugh. No, (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna do this with this dude right now in front of me. Uh, I have. 
Yeah, uh, especially being that awkward friend, being like, really? <laughs> you no make me drive you guys around? <laughs> yeah, especially when you're driving someone around. Like, if you're going to be the third wheel, like, you want to be the one, like, looking out the window in the back and, like, zoning out. Like, you don't want to yeah. be, like, the Uber driver before there are Uber drivers, <laughs> which is basically what she is. I'm like, oh, she only has – and she only – you know, she has that one scene – and she's so memorable and she's so brilliant in it. I was just, I just, oh, yeah. I loved it. I was like very, very thrilled. I figured that was not a movie I would know anyone in, although the, the running joke, because during quarantine, I came to Boston to work on an AMC series that's coming out in 2021. And I was supposed to go home to Los Angeles. And then I just didn't because Los Angeles was on fire from <laughs> COVID. Oh, yeah. It was just horrific and scary. So I just stayed here in Boston. And so I've been watching a lot of TV and movies with my parents. And they keep being like, how... How do you know so many different people like in the credits, like on the screen? And I'm like, I don't know. You just when you live in Hollywood, like that's what happens there. My parents are like, I swear to God, like you can't watch anything without knowing like a person. <laughs> and I was like, that's not true. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, I'm watching American Graffiti. I'm like, there's not, I'm definitely not, don't know anyone in there. And then Lynn came on. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> my parents were like, see? We told you. I'm like, because oh. I was like, I was like, I don't know any these these people are like huge stars. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna know like Ron Howard, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, pretty uh, awesome to see somebody I I know and respect as a talent, and she's just a super cool person on top of it. So, but yeah, so the song they're playing in that car though is well, actually. It's so great because especially if like Lynn's making stuff up and like there's this whole undercurrent going on in the scene. So like, mm-hmm. to have this like bubblegum pop song playing while like this whole undercurrent is happening is really interesting. Oh, yeah. I feel like everyone in the car is kind of like no one's really playing it straight. You know what I mean? No. Like Wendy's giving Kurt and then like Bobby's giving Kurt. Everyone's basically is just giving Kurt. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to give back as good as he can, but he doesn't really have, kind of has lame comebacks. Well, yeah, but isn't, I mean, the whole point is that he's kind of like lame throughout the whole movie, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just very much in character. With- yeah, because like those, like that gang picks him up and like he, he just, yeah. he's kind of a go-along kid, I guess. Oh, definitely. I know I, t- I, t- I talked about it earlier. Kind of, yeah, he kind of is the whoever he ends or wherever he ends up, whoever he ends up with, you know, like you said, with the pharaohs later on, you know, he'll just kind of slide and fit in with them, you know. Yeah, like, and he'll just do, I mean, he basically, like, let them haze him. <laughs> yeah. By, like, ripping the cop's car apart. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, taking advantage of those poor people that gave him an award and a scholarship. Oh, I know. At the, at the, at the yeah. pinball, at the arcade or whatever. Like, I just think it's funny. Like, he's just, yeah, the go-along kid. And I think that's why it's so hard for him to make that decision to go away somewhere different, somewhere where he'd have to start over and maybe not be that go-along kid anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad he left. If he had stayed, like, yeah. I don't think that would have been good for him. He would have been, like, you know, at the end, how it tells, like, what everybody ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them was selling insurance and it wasn't Kurt, or was it Kurt? No, I think he'd be becomes a writer yeah so I, I but i feel like if he stayed he would have been selling insurance too or something you know like he would have been doing something not creative yeah although i was super jealous of his um departure because i was like wow 
just drove up to the plane just like that (laughs) okay all right I'm like, was that the protocol before they had protocols? Or is that a movie I thing? I don't know. Like, could be either. But I'm like, wow, I certainly missed that. Especially <laughs> especially in COVID. I've crisscrossed the country twice during COVID. And I'm like... Oh, man, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. The first time I did it in end of August, there was a guy behind me in the next section over. And he was wearing a full suit. Oh, my. Like a full hazmat suit. And I was like... That would not be comfortable on like, a that's, I don't care how long your flight is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that's a little, maybe. But you don't know. Like maybe he had like three comorbidities or something. Like you look at that and you're like, that's yeah. a little excessive. But I don't know. Like if, if it were me and I were like a, a razor thin line between me and illness, I would probably do that too. Yeah. So Kurt just, yeah, poor Kurt. Yeah. Because I guess I, I kind of felt for him because it's kind of one of those – she Wendy tells Bobby, you know, oh, don't, you know, this is a secret, so don't tell that he wants to be a presidential aide and such. And it's kind of, you know, she says it in the more flippant manner. And I guess it's like, I've had that happen before, especially like right in front of your face where, you know, someone, especially, you know, this is his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's kind of like, oh, don't tell, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you're kind of just like... <laughs> being very cavalier and almost making fun of his dreams. Well, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. And I think that's probably um, speaks to George Lucas, probably who wrote it because what sometimes what happens didn't really happen to me in quite that way when I left Boston 12 years ago. But like, I think there is a thing about like when, because I don't think those girls are leaving town right i think bobby and wendy are staying are they younger i can't remember um i'm not sure either i don't know if it really details what they what age they are or if they're staying yeah because there's like there's like a lot of like conflict in this movie between those who are who are leaving and that's such a big deal that they're leaving and those Mm -hmm. who are staying and saying like why would you leave like gosh i'm so bad with names the the guy with with the with the killer car is that john yeah but um anyway so like there's such a an undercurrent of like if you're leaving there they make fun of him for leaving because most people don't leave and it's like such a big point are you going or are you not going and everyone at some point like all the characters way kind of weigh in on it like wendy weighs in just by kind of being like oh yeah he's gonna be a presidential lady he's gonna meet john he's gonna meet jfk <laughs> like <Yeah>. whatever good luck <laughs> and then you have like john being like why would you ever leave like why you even you know what i mean like everyone has kind of an opinion on it oh yeah so i feel like it maybe speaking to that smaller town like if someone's leaving there's like a jealous a jealousy that comes out i don't know if that's yeah it's kind of like oh you're gonna be a big shot you know leaving town and (laughs) yeah it's kind of so you kind of like yeah make fun of their dreams because yeah you're like why would you do that like the rest of us aren't doing that like do you think you're you're better than us (laughs) oh yeah exactly that that yeah too especially because he was like scholarship winner and like he must have been top of his class like yeah i don't don't know and also like ex-girlfriend she's gonna have like (laughs) reasons to like zing him anyway yeah and i know when in earlier minutes before or during the dance wendy and kurt have a scene out in the parking lot just those two it's one of those rare sections without any music but it's it's a good minute and they're just kind of you know shooting the breeze 
and she makes a remark at you know remembering how wishy-washy or he could never decide what he wanted to do so in a way i think she's not really trying to hardcore make fun of him she just kind of knows his character a little better yeah right she so knows she's like oh sure you're gonna do this but you know tomorrow you're not going to want to do that anymore right that that totally makes sense yeah like she's like you're talking about this but we know it's not really gonna happen yeah i wonder do you think she like thinks that he's gonna stay and they might get back together like do you think it's as much thought as that I could see that. Like, maybe she hopes that, you know, oh, if he stays, then we have another another chance. Yeah, right. And I also wonder if it's kind of, and I don't, it, it, this, I wrote it down and I was like, I'm not trying to be like anti-woman or anything, but I mean, just the era that it's set in. Most, I mean, you know, it was just kind of incredulous being the two women in the car. Maybe they were just... They couldn't imagine taking that step of going away to school because, you know, they may not, that may not have been a top of the list expectation for them at this time. Yeah, I totally think so. And also, it's important to note that she does get out of the front seat and get into the back seat. At a stoplight. (laughs) At a stoplight, but she does do it. And you can kind of tell like when she's back there, I don't know, I was picking up on a little bit of signals of like, like she's still, she's kind of like, oh, I still, I I feel like she still likes him just based on, just based on that. Like, yeah. She's kind of like, don't, you know, I'm not going to sit on your lap. Kind of doing that little flirty, like, oh, don't make me sit on your lap, but I really want to. (laughs) Yeah. But, and also like the fact that he's in the car asking about the girl in in the what, Thunderbird or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty tone deaf. Um, to, to ask your ex-girlfriend's best friend about the girl in the car right. and also what a perfect representation of the conflict though like you can st- you can stay and he knows like what he can have if he stays but that ah. that is, is, is Suzanne Summers I think in the Thunderbird mm-hmm. Su- yeah. but Su- Suzanne Summers like rolling around in the car like that's what he could have if he stepped outside his comfort zone so exactly. I think this little one minute scene in a weird way is a very kind of cool microcosm of the whole the whole conflict <laughs> oh yeah if you stay you know what you have if you leave you you don't fully know what it could be so i think it's an interesting you know and it, and it played out too with um is it steve is it ron howard that plays steve is, it, is, that, mm-hmm, is that his yeah. name like him with um what's her face Lori. like i just i think all of that will they won't they and like do we stay together and and how stepping into the unknown and leaving behind what you know it's just such a universal theme and i do recommend anyone who loves american graffiti definitely should seek out baby it's you a hundred percent that movie blew me away i hadn't seen it until recently and i just thought it was brilliant and the whole movie is bruce springsteen songs even though it's set it's you know set in the i want to say late 60s but it's all 1980s bruce springsteen songs and the director got special permission like to use i mean can you imagine an entire soundtrack of bruce springsteen songs you know how much that would like cost today (laughs) but yeah it's very it has like such american graffiti vibes it's just a little less like bubblegum a little less like comedy and a little more just a little um deeper and my friend vincent spano is the male lead in it and he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant like, I was so blown away by him. Anyway, we're not talking about that movie, but there are right. there are a lot of similarities. So anyone who loves American Graffiti and is listening to a podcast about 
all these minutes of American graffiti <laughs> might also enjoy that. Just throwing it out there. And they could also start a podcast on them. You could start a podcast <laughs> on Baby It's You. I'll come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Vincent will come on. Who knows? <laughs> that would be awesome. So it's Vincent Spano? Yes. yes. Is he related to... Um, he plays Vic in this movie, Joe Spano. Oh, I don't, I don't know if there's a relation. I okay, don't. I was like, that would be awesome because <laughs> I don't think so. But he's a great, he's a wonderful actor, wonderful person. He's been acting forever. I think Baby It's You was one of his first roles, so he was he's just a kid in it, basically. Okay. But yeah, it just explores the same themes of that line that we draw between like the end of childhood, aka high school, which people are going to argue with me, but <laughs> child childhood like in the in the broadest sense, not really, you know, you don't grab graduate as a child but like between childhood and adulthood and like yeah. the re- in the real world i think also like in american graffiti it's crazy like it really is like moving towards like it introduces a lot of adult themes in an mm-hmm. end, end of high school like final night movie between the sexual references and like the alcohol and the fights and like the car gets stolen it doesn't really seem like super light if you just looked at like what actually happened if you didn't know how it was presented like the way the scenes were done with such humor and you just listed what actually happened you'd be like oh that sounds like kind of a dark movie yeah (laughs) but just like the way it's written and performed it's so funny and light and you're just it's just so enjoyable (laughs) that you forget what's happening is is some like pretty adult (laughs) like (laughs) oh yeah like with some pretty big consequences. Yeah. And weird people, like weird dudes outside the liquor store, like that that <laughs> I mean, this is only like 1973, like serial killers weren't a big thing yet, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Those are the kind of people that end up serial ki- like I don't know. <laughs> like you watch it now and I'm like, "Oh, that guy, I I get I got weirded out by that guy so hard, like not in a oh, he's so creepy." I was like, "Uh, I don't like <laughs> dislike." And I I noticed we were talking about the car when they go to move, or she goes to move to the back seat, and I noticed one of their headlights is out. <gasps> it was a random thing, but I was like, what? It's a perdiddle? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did not notice that. I usually try to catch all the details. I, went, I wonder if that's on purpose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it could be on purpose. Yeah. And I just like the way they treated all the driving and the driving scenes. It just gave it such a like an interesting look and feel, and it's just funny. I mean, I don't know about you, but like I do remember driving around a ton in high school, and just like driving up and down highways and like, driving around the town like ten times over. We used to go. This is so embarrassing, but if one of us liked a guy, we would always like roll by that dude's house, oh, like just yeah. just like low key stalk him. And I remember one time I was this is before I could drive. I was like in eighth eighth or ninth grade or something, and my aunt was over, and she had this like super cool Mitsubishi Eclipse, and we thought it was amazing. Ooh. We thought it was like the best car we'd ever seen, and we were like, "Joy, take us for a ride, take us for a ride." And we went cruising around the Mitsubishi Eclipse. I'm sure she thought like it was great because. We were just like drooling over how cool her car was and how much we wanted it when we turned 16. And we drove by this guy that I like. We went to his house and and to drive by it. Only he lived at a dead end and I didn't know it. And his entire family was outside playing basketball. (laughs) And we were in this like little Mitsubishi Eclipse coupe and... Oh my god, I'm st- I'm like red now just thinking about it. Cuz we like I like sc- 
screamed and I like ducked. I was like down where like people's feet are. Like I was curled. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. I was like, hopefully like he didn't see, but I'm like, really? That's that's like, that's what happens to me when I go and try to like- Everybody's outside. Yeah, the entire family, not just him. It was his whole freaking family. They were all hanging yeah. outside, playing like hoops outside. And it was a dead end street. So like, so Joy had to do like a three point turn that took forever. Oh. And I was just like dying and my friends were laughing and I'm sure this guy, I'm like even afraid to say his name because he's definitely on my Facebook and he <laughs> could listen to this. Although just by saying what I said, I'm sure he'll figure it out. But he'll yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was so it's so yeah, when like watching this movie just brought me back to like just cruising the town because you had nowhere else to go except our town was not nearly as cool as where are they like Sacramento or something somewhere up north. My, mine was like small town Boston and it was way less cool. But that's my uh, yeah, that's my cruising story gone wrong. <laughs> At least you had a really cool car to cruise by. <laughs> well, we thought so, and then you. You know you kind of get older and you're like eh, it's all right it's all right like it's a it's it's a solid car but we thought it was like it might as well have been a ferrari to us honestly we were just like a mitsubishi eclipse it's the best <laughs> i had one of those cars too i want oh gosh i can't even remember what but it was like a burnt orange color which i thought was the pinnacle of cool of course of course oh man what was it can't remember now i want to say it was a pontiac it was not anything yeah. remotely cool now like I, I think now and I'm like oh gosh <laughs> their cars in this movie are legitimately cool yeah I I just love I mean even outside of this movie there's nothing like seeing cars from back then they just had class and style I mean they were so unique mm-hmm. yeah they were individual like John's car is so unique also also love the uh, Harrison Ford guest appearance oh definitely God, he's so what swagger! <laughs> oh, I know what swagger, and his hair—his hair is long because he was. I, think, I heard he was growing out his hair for something else. Yeah, and they wanted him to cut it for yeah, this role. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, nope. Yeah, exactly. He's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I wish we could all say that and just keep getting hired for stuff. No, I don't want to do what you want me to do. <laughs> it was. It was a different. Especially, time. you know, since. He was not really well known yet. No, it's pre, yeah. So I was like, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Speaking of hair and haircuts with quarantine. Yeah. I keep saying like, I'm like, oh, I need to, I just need to get my hair cut. I haven't gotten it cut in at least a year, over a year. And it's like what I would call super long. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's just too much of it. <laughs> Yeah, same. I haven't had my hair cut in a year and it's really getting a little bit out of control. And I, although hilariously, it's opened me up to all kinds of new roles because I haven't gotten it cut in a year and I also haven't gotten it um, highlighted in a year, um, which normally I would because everything's been closed in LA. So the the role that I recently played was um, a um, drug dealer, essentially. Okay. I, was, I was like, I was like addicted to meth. <laughs> okay but i'm like yeah you know what my hair kind of lends itself to that you know it's kind of gro- it's, it's like grown out and you know it doesn't look very well kept because it's not <laughs> it's it so like now i keep reading for all these characters that are like kind of methy you know <laughs> which would not have happened before so you know what you never you never know what's going to come out of a, a a bad haircut yeah we're all gonna have bobs after this yeah i know we're all just gonna be walking around like, yeah, that's. I'm gonna get a retaliation haircut. Yeah, there's gonna be so many. 
<laughs> Many new hairstyles will come out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a haircut like they all have in the movie, just like super short. Yeah. Yeah, I was, and I wonder too, like, what do you think, like, what do you think happened to Wendy after this? Because they only tell you what happened to the guys. I know, they do at the end. They really, and even that's funny for like Lori's character too. I mean, just, she plays a pretty big role in the movie overall. But yeah, we never find out I, what happens to Wendy. I think the ending was a little weird though. Like that little like postscript about what they, it was just seemed so weird and tacked on to me. I, I was like, okay, that's, whoa, all right. <laughs> Wasn't really wondering, but okay, sure. That's the thing. Like, yeah, the way it ends, it's like either way, you know, if they wouldn't have tacked that on, it would have been a good, good ending either way. Yeah. Plus I hate reading that Toad dies. <laughs> I know, I know, and I do also love that. Um, I love that he sees the Thunderbird as he's as he's leaving. I know. It's just one more. You don't know, like you don't know it's if you, like, if you've chosen going. wisely. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Like, get you know, chase your dreams, go after that Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, or, or just go find a different Thunderbird. Exactly. Yeah. That's very, yeah. <laughs> After all, that one is married. Apparently, according to apparently. Bobby, that one's already. Taken. And I love when he uh, says, and she's like cruising uh, on Tenth Street. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, cruising. <laughs> like he's I just know. so bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did you have anything in particular for the song in this section, the peppermint twist? I don't have any trivia for it. I just do. I do remember like when I was in middle school, like sixth grade. I don't know why, but all I listened to were like these classic kind of like 50s and 60s songs like Chantilly Lace. And oh, I love this. I would be in, I would be in my friend's house in her basement and she was she was a t- uh, Italian and her, par- her both her parents came over directly from Italy. So her basement oh, wow. was not only huge, but there was also a meat locker. Wow. In it, like a literal like hanging sides of beef and chickens and goats and stuff. I don't even know what was in there. It was crazy. But we'd be in her basement for hours and we'd just be making up dances to this. And I feel like this song, I feel like this song did find its way into our mixes like all these kind of like dance songs like we just were so obsessed and like didn't want to listen to like madonna like we wanted to listen to all this stuff from that era that was such like a dance craze oh yeah which this one was so when i see that scene i think about this song that's kind of what i think of is like memories of dancing to this music as a kid for like i don't even know how that happened or why but (laughs) that's kind of yeah i grew up listening to that my dad kind of raised us on a lot of the oldies and yeah like songs like this it's very when you hear it it, you you it has that easy beat you can create all kinds of fun dances too (laughs) yeah i just picture like the shoes and the socks and like those like the sat with the saddle shoes. I don't know if they still were yeah. wearing those in 1961 or not, but I know they were big in the 50s. Like I, I just, just flash back to that time. I guess according according to Wikipedia, Peppermint Twist replaced Chubby Checkers. The Twist. The Twist. Is, yeah. Which is interesting. So like one twist just came in and knocked out the other one. Yeah, because it said it was a Billboard Top 100 in 1962, and it was released in 1961 by Joey D. In the Starlighters. Yeah, who apparently also recorded Shout. Okay, that makes sense because I could... In 1962, which is crazy because Shout is in um, Animal House, I think. Yes. And uh, so like they have these like iconic songs that ended up in iconic movies made after the time period. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those guys have movies and uh, I mean songs in two major iconic films. And I also read where this song was actually there's a part one and a part two because apparently they thought that the song was too too long and would not fit on a standard forty five mm. record. So they split it into two, but I never knew that because, and I guess the first part is the one that is the more popular one. Like I think the second part's a lot more instrumental, so people don't really wow. That's fascinating. It's very interesting. I never would have guessed that. I mean, I've heard of like B sides that don't get a lot of airtime, but not a part two to a song. Yeah, and Sweet also did a cover of it in the seventies, and I guess that was kind of big in Australia. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because I mean, when I think of Sweet, I think of like totally, I mean, like Fox on the Run. I always think of that. Oh, yeah, that's right, totally. And I was looking up YouTube videos. I was curious because like you said, it kind of replaced Chubby Checkers, the twist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder how similar or different these two trends were. Not too different. From what I saw, it was just they kind of did twisting and then jumped up and down. Okay. Because even in the lyrics, it's like round and round, up and down. Mm-hmm. And then like one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, jump. But uh, uh, yeah, it was fun watching those two just to see how, you know, just to see the, I was like, I would fit very well in the dance trends of the 50s and 60s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. dance like super well. And they just kind of twist and do, it's like, oh man. Well, you don't need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a, a viral video going around of a bunch of dancers in, I think the 60s, doing this dance on, I forget, one of the, the shows. And there's this guy in the front who's just going nuts. And like, if you've seen the video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you're just like, what? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> but if you've seen it, there's a guy in the front and he's going crazy. And I think, I want to say his name is like Bobby something. And he's, you just can't take, like, you're, he, he's riveting. He's absolutely riveting. Like he's so good. <laughs> and then just to bring it back to this podcast, Lynn Stewart posted it last week oh. on her Facebook. And she, cause and I was like, oh, that video, I love that guy. And she was like, I used to take jazz classes from this guy. <laughs> Oh my god. So gosh. this guy this guy in the video and I, uh Rachel I will send it to you okay. afterwards so you can see what I'm talking about. But she said, "Yeah, I used to she's like he was my like modern jazz dance instructor or something." <laughs> so and he's like crushing it like just absolutely crushing it. One of the greatest dance clips I think I've ever seen. <laughs> but very much in the vein of like Peppermint Twist and all this stuff. And I, wouldn't it be funny if that's actually the song he's dancing to? That would be awesome. <laughs> if not, we can edit it in so yeah, he is exactly. dancing to it. <laughs> exactly. That's what we'll. That's what we'll do. But I will. I will send it to you awesome. because it's. It's like yeah. It's like a bunch of men and women like in kind of like sort of coupled off all kind of they have this very choreographed dance going on and it's very much like these group dances that used to be all the rage i know i should ask like my parents about it they remember doing stuff like this way back in the day i know because i know my dad had told stories about like cruising and shenanigans that him and his friends would get up to just driving around and everything and you know we i live in ohio and where I grew up was a pretty small town, so like you said, you know, there wasn't a whole lot. You just kind of cruise around and with your friends and <laughs> I 
Find something yeah. to do. Yeah. They also drive and talk a lot to each other. Like they drive and like don't slow and like talk through the window a lot. Yeah. Which just watching that and being like an adult, you're like, oh, that's so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm such a loser. But yeah, like I'm so dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, watch the road. I know. And it's just funny watching them maneuver those huge cars i mean turning backing out of parking spots it's just like whoa wow <laughs> yeah oh the song the song that he's dancing to is the nitty-gritty in 1963 so i was close i was too i, no, I knew around the same. i knew i knew it was like right around the time so i remember this song and it's totally random and i think i've only seen the movie one time when i was young the movie Andre about a seal who befriends this family. And I think it's set in 1962 as well. This song's in that movie. And that's where I, that's the first thing I always remember when I hear this song. And I know Tina Margarino plays like the main role in that movie. Hmm. I haven't seen but that again, one. Again, I've only I've seen, seen it like one, one time. <laughs> I think it's all right. I think it's a good movie. I think <laughs> there's a seal in it, so it's cute. Interesting. So in thinking about like the characters throughout this movie, are there any that you kind of relate to more than others or who, which character would you say you kind of relate to mo the most? Oh boy. Um, you know, I don't know actually. Maybe Kurt just just for the whole like, you know, being torn between staying and going thing, that kind of age-old dilemma. Um I definitely I definitely related to like the fear of leaving and, you know, wanting to stay. Yeah. Even now, like I absolutely love where I live, but you miss so much by being there that you wonder, you know, you always wonder what it would be like if you chose the other thing. So yeah, maybe maybe Kurt just because he was like, you know, super smart and top of his class, like kind of nerdy, which I totally, totally, totally was. I would have been a go along girl. Yeah, no question. I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. We'll do that. I'm, I'm the same deep down, but like I'm pretty different now than I was in high school because in high school I was definitely a lot, a lot shyer. You never really lose that. Like you're, you're still kind of on the in, like on the inside, always kind of a little bit shy and insecure, but oh, yeah. I'm a little less afraid of it now. So back then I probably would have been the most like Kurt. And if like a big gang of people rolled up, I would be like, oh, okay, well, all right, I'll come with you guys. Like I definitely wouldn't have. Now I'd be like, whatever. I'm like, whatever, go away. But back, know, but back yeah. then I totally would have been Kurt. I'm like, oh, you, oh God, you want me to do that and to the cop? Ops? Like, <laughs> sadly, like as much as we all make fun of Kurt and I've spent this whole podcast pretty much making fun of Kurt, <laughs> I think I am Kurt, god damn it. Oh no. And I think the majority of the people that I've talked to so far, I mean, even I kind of relate most with him too. And I think kind of why we can make fun of him because of like, I understand him so well because <laughs> Yeah, we kind of all are him. Like, and I'm sure George is too. Like, you want to be the cool kid. Like, you want to be John. So self-assured, just driving around, like making your choices and not really second guessing them. Like, you want, like, we all want to be that guy. But the truth is, m most of us are definitely not. And anyone, anyone who is, I'd say at least some of them, not maybe not all of them, but at least some of them have had to talk themselves into being that guy. Oh, definitely. There's a lot in, in Hollywood, especially LA, there's like a lot of people that are the Kurtz of the world that come there and then get successful or, you know, get money and by money, having money, have a little more power. So they're able to shed the Kurt persona. Ah. 
but deep down that is definitely who a lot of the creators in LA are which they a lot of them just forget that they are okay it's the ones who remember that they are that are really great <laughs> yeah because we all we all like to forget that part of it but yeah it kind of reminds me of one of the jobs I used to have when I worked the uh, public library. I worked with a lady who was just the most fun lady to work with. She always had this like great attitude, always upbeat and you know positive and just nice and goofy and funny. And we were talking one day about something, I forget what, but she's like, yeah, actually, I'm an introvert. And we're like, no way. She's like, no, like I, you know... When I go when when I go home, like I am a totally different person from here. She's like, I'm a lot quieter, and I'm like, as I, you know, as the years went on, I'm like, okay, I totally understand that because I can be like that too. Yeah, like you do have to interface with people at a library. I know there's a lot of introverts that probably work at the library. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you do have to interface with people. So sure, like at work, she's on, and like that's where her energy goes. And when she's done with work, like that energy is gone, and you gotta like go home and recharge. Like I, yeah, I've a, oh, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are that way i'm the opposite i get energy by like talking to people and being around people which is why like this entire quarantine i've been like shriveling i look like one of those those weird things in the bottom of the ocean in little mermaid that are like ursula's (laughs) oh this yeah (laughs) because i'm like so devoid of any kind of like human interaction that i feel like i've just in my soul that's what it looks like inside that's what i look like right now (laughs) i get so much energy from although you know what's been um helping that in a addition to doing wonderful podcasts like this, <laughs> um, I've just this week gotten on to Clubhouse, which is a new app. And my God, I am like obsessed. Huh. It's just like basically a live 24-7 drop-in podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. People just kind of on sort of chit-chatting in different chat. It's like chat rooms. It's like going back to the original chat room idea, but it's all audio. Oh, wow. And you had to have it in audio format because that does help. It's pretty incredible. And you can like literally drop into any room about anything and learn and listen and or participate if you want. And uh, last night I was on and I was up way too late listening to it because I just couldn't go to bed and I was about to go to bed. And then all of a sudden this room pops up and it was like, oh my God, Mark Zuckerberg is on Clubhouse right now. And I clicked in and I missed him, unfortunately, by like minutes. But it was the entire leadership team at Facebook talking about everything from like where they grew up to like leadership styles to like advice to like it was nuts it was just really I was riveted so up until like this last week I felt like the human interaction and connection thing was seriously lacking and now this app I'm like I feel so much better about things so I highly recommend checking it out. Apparently Zuckerberg is a fan. <laughs> we all know what he likes usually. Yeah. At least, at least in the tech world <laughs> is usually a pretty good bet. Yeah. I'm sure everyone ran and bought stock after he popped in. Well, I think those are all the notes I had. Did you have any anything else for this? No, I think we covered everything. But yeah, thanks for the uh, excuse to see my friend Lynn's early work, which was so thrilling oh. and awesome. And just the chance to rewatch this movie as an adult was such a gift. <laughs> 
so happy I did it. I almost want to watch it again with my parents and just like sort of just compare. Whenever we watch anything on TV that's like retro, they always point out, oh yeah, remember those things? Remember those shades? Remember those phones? Like they like to pick out all yeah. the things they remember. So I might have to rewatch American Graffiti with them just so they can be like, oh yeah, do you remember when we used to blah, blah, blah? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Rachel, so much for that. It's been super fun talking about it. It was. Thank you. So is there anything you would like to plug on the outro here for us listeners? Sure. Um, well, we talked about the, the movies up top, but um, I have a couple more films on the film festival circuit. There's one called The Hit, which is a short film. It's only seven minutes long. It's a dark comedy about a, um, a hit woman who is me, <laughs> which is super fun. And if you follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, I'm just at Hillary Barraford, all of those places. One Ellen Hillary, <laughs> unlike Clinton. And um, <laughs> yeah, find me on social and I'm always, you know, posting cute dog pics. Yeah, all my, I usually share a bunch of my work and where it's going to be playing. So if you want to follow the bouncing ball, that's the best place to do it. And listeners, you can follow us on social media as well. We have Mel's listeners driving on Facebook. So join us and join us here tomorrow for more American Graffiti One Song. He's really fast, isn't he?